0: We're a full three months away from when the Chicago Bears start the regular season against the Green Bay Packers, but that's not stopping defensive tackle Justin Jones from reigniting this rivalry and getting some smack talk going early.
1: You are locked on Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we really appreciate the listeners especially that tune in every day to get your daily Bears fix. On the show today, we hear Justin Jones crank things up and really get the juices flowing for the Bears-Packers rivalry. Why he is really... uh, calling out Packers fans in particular for not being great fans, in his opinion. We'll hear his comments and sort of look at why he might be doing that and what kind of things we can learn from him and what it says about him as a leader on this Chicago Bears defensive line. We'll wrap up with an update from Minicamp on a sleeper pass rusher who's really been stepping up and maybe playing his way into a bigger role in that defensive end position, and it's not one of the main four guys at the top of the depth chart. But the headlines on Tuesday were dominated by Justin Jones, the defensive tackle, in what was just going to be a regular old routine mini-camp press conference where you talk to the veteran about what's been going on, how the younger players are doing, how practice is going, how the new additions are fitting in, you know, all the other standard same stuff. Justin Jones was also asked just like, hey, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is out of the division. What are you kind of expecting from the Green Bay Packers and how do you feel about that and Justin Jones kind of took the gloves off and and really threw down the gauntlet here
1: how different is it going to be now that Aaron Rodgers is somewhere else uh, I wish he played one more year with the uh, Green Bay wow. honestly uh <clears throat> we went up there and uh we played we played a pretty good game you know but uh they got away from us at the end obviously and uh they won but their fans are really f- so um <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted to go back up there and I wanted to play them and I wanted to beat them and I wanted him to be there so you can see it. But the fact that he's gone now, you know, I man, it's, it's cool. I guess it's better for him not to be here, you know. But um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take it over. I mean, it's a good time to be a Bears fan. I'm not even gonna lie to you. So this is a follow up question. I never thought I'd ask. In which ways are they? <laughs> man, like, <yeah. laughs> I mean, man, like, just, just the way that they're just freaking obnoxious, just yelling and all that other stuff about things that don't even matter. Like we're not even running, we're not even running to play. And you guys are talking about boo. Oh yeah, go! Great. Like what, what are we even talking? Game yeah, have not even started yet. Like what are we even talking about here? Like you know, y'all. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Half of them don't even know football. It's it's, it's it's so weird to me. But I'm just ready to go back out there and play. And I want I, I want to go out there and I want to beat the hell out of them. You know, on their field. And I want to hear I want to hear the boos then, You know that that's what I look forward to.
0: Now I intentionally dropped the audio on the. Swear word he used there to describe Packers fans. You know, we like to keep this as family-friendly of a podcast as we can here. But if you're really curious, he used a word that rhymes with city to describe how he felt Packers fans were. But you heard him go on in a a more family-friendly way to describe them as obnoxious and not knowing football, for example. And certainly you're not going to hear me come on this podcast and defend the Green Bay Packers fans. But I do think it's an interesting approach that Justin Jones takes here of like, yeah, he, he wants, he wishes Aaron Rodgers was still in the division so that they could kind of get a little bit more of that revenge. That feels like, you know, last season, the, the last laugh that Rodgers got was against a bears team that was still in flux. That wasn't, wasn't there to win a bunch of games and wasn't really putting their best foot forward in terms of, you know, trying to win as many games as possible in 2022 and Justin Jones feels like he wants that crack at him with this year's team that should be in a better position to win games, even if they're not going to be a Super Bowl contender by any means, but still in a better position to try and get some of that revenge against the long-hated rival there. I also like Justin Jones's optimism there to feel like, yeah, it's a good time to be a Chicago Bears fan. You know, He's clearly feeling something from this team that he's a part of and, and feeling like, you know, the momentum that they're that they're building is real and not just off season, everyone's excited and hopeful to this time of year feeling. But actually, I'm like, yeah, watch out because we really feel like something is starting to cook here. Something is starting to come together, even if he does play on the position group that might be the biggest overall weakness on this team, the defensive line as a whole, you know, defensive tackle uh, a bit deeper. But when you combine, that with, with the question marks at defensive end there's there's some really real questions there but certainly a, a lot of confidence from Justin Jones and I think it's fun to dial that up this time of year especially to kind of rekindle that 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 rivalry that certainly wasn't like in need of rekindling it wasn't like the spark had gone out on this rivalry but it is it is adding a little juice adding a little tension and just adding some fun like that's the fun part of football is is the rivalry and is you know the hatred the negative feelings between these teams. The one other interesting thing about this too, is that, you know, the, the Chicago bears as an organization, a social media team, they live streamed that press conference. And typically, you know, that, that press conference would be live streamed on their Facebook page, on Twitter, and oftentimes on YouTube, but not always on YouTube. I'm not really sure their strategy there for live streaming. And then of course, like they'll edit the, they'll they'll sort of take the live stream and then post the video of that. Of just the press conference, they did not post the video of Justin Jones's press conference afterwards on YouTube. They just included the other players who spoke on Tuesday, and they deleted the tweet that had the live stream in it. And I believe they deleted the Facebook live as well. I don't. I, I didn't watch it on the Facebook live. I watched it on the Twitter live stream. But if they did a Facebook live, it's not there anymore. They deleted any and all social media evidence that that press conference happened or that those clips can be found. You'll see media outlets like like ourselves here that have the clip that we recorded it and are are allowed to use it then. But the Bears, you know, taking it down and, and finding ways to hide it. Maybe there's a there's like a broadcasting thing with with the swear word and the censorship in there. But it certainly feels a little bit I don't want to say cowardice, but just are they afraid of the smoke? Is that what it ends up being? That's certainly what Packers fans on social media were are trying to say there. And and so It just kind of adds to the controversy. It's one of those things where I think after he said it, you can't make him undo, say it, and it's still recorded elsewhere and other people downloaded it. So why, why try and hide it? I was a little disappointed they deleted it, but uh, it lives on in the, in the, the way that nothing ever goes away from the internet somewhere. Someone will always have it downloaded. And of course now it's played for you there on the lockdown bears podcast. So some bulletin board material for us to lead into week one, but I want to, I want to sort of take this point and, brought it out a little bit with, with Justin Jones, kind of being that leader on the defensive line right now in a, a, a position group that has a bunch of young guys and a bunch of new guys. We'll, we'll kind of look at how that dynamic works and where Justin Jones fits in that next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. America's number one sports book because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars. You place your bet. If you win, great, you win the money that you won from your bet. If you lose, Fanduel will give you up to two thousand five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. And you can imagine with Justin Jones's comments about Packers fans that there's going to be some extra attention and extra heat on Packers at Bears. Week one, September 10th at 330 Central Time. You can bet the odds for that game already on FanDuel. The Bears are 2.5 point home favorites. The money line is Bears minus 144, and the over-under for that game is 44 and a half. Should be some fireworks with both teams fired up about that game, but you can also bet on the rest of the NFL futures. I guess now the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs are both done, but all of your sports betting can be available at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on and get your no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Justin Jones is kind of the elder statesman of this Chicago Bears defensive line, even though it doesn't necessarily feel like it. I mean, He's only 26 years old and he's only been here for one season. I mean, I guess he and Travis Gibson are tied for like the two oldest and like most experienced defensive linemen on this team. I mean, Andrew Billings is is older at, at 28 years old, but just got here two months ago or whatever. And Travis Gibson has been here since 2020. So he's got more time in Chicago, but not as much as many total like starts and snaps in his career. Compared to Justin Jones, and so we, we've heard Matt Eberflus talk as well in recent months that the Justin Jones is one of the leaders on this defensive line, and it's it's interesting how a player that signed here last year on a two-year deal has been able to step into that role, and I think that's something that happens as you see the likes of Robert Quinn traded at the deadline last year. You know, he was kind of the older veteran in that spot. You know, Angelo Blackson had been here a couple of seasons before this past year, and he could have been potentially in more of that leadership role, but he ends up getting kind of benched and largely, you know, let go and moved on from after that season was over. Uh, al Muhammad came in as a guy who had a lot, the most experience within this defense and most familiarity with uh, Matt Iberflus and Alan Williams. So there was some potential leadership room there, but again, another guy that kind of got benched and wasn't as effective as they needed him to. And so, it's Justin Jones who's really grown into that role since coming over from the Los Angeles Chargers. And it feels to me like there's a lot of weight and a lot of just importance on his shoulders to be that leader on the defensive line. That this is a group that not only is it one of the weaker spots on on this team and is going to need everybody to step up and play better than they played last year or better than we've seen them throughout most of their careers. Like that group just needs to improve the guys that are already on the roster, especially the guys brought back from last season. But it's also the specific position that has three rookies from this year's draft class with Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, and Travis Bell. Like those three guys are more developmental defensive tackle prospects that the Bears brought in and they're gonna need strong, steady leadership at that defensive tackle position to kind of show them the, the ropes, show them how to do this in the NFL. To be that that veteran who's willing to take them under his wing and teach them the right way to do things and and avoid the wrong ways to do things and make them the best players they can be, knowing that you know they're kind of coming for his job, right? They drafted Dexter and Pickens and Bell with the idea that, hey, Justin Jones is going to be a free agent after this upcoming season, and we don't know if Justin Jones will be re-signed and brought back or if the likes of Pickens and Dexter will be willing, will be able to just take over in the starting lineup because Billings and Justin Jones are both set to be free agents next year. So your starting three technique and your starting nose tackle might be in their last, well, they're literally in the last year of their deal, but might be in their last year with the team and that the rookies would then presumably try and take over for them in year two or even, you know, take more of their snaps, even if they're brought back, but kind of in a rotation or in a backup role, like, the idea is that these rookies are supposed to be the future, even though Justin Jones and Andrew Billings are the present. But it's it's in, it, like, it's not in their best financial interest to to mold these rookies into be the best young defensive tackles that they can because they could take their jobs and, and you know, money, uh, contract opportunity off of their plates. But, you know, Justin Jones even said in his press conference, like, you know, the better that those young guys are, the better we'll all be. You know, the more attention they can take, the more damage they can do, the more it helps the other pass rushers and the rest of the defense and the offense and that winning games and making the team as good as it can be remains priority number one for Justin Jones. And that's the style of, you know, good leadership that you need at that spot. Like the leadership for him is not just, hey, let's talk smack to Packers fans and generate some juice that way. You know, he's not just, he's not all bark. You know, there's some bite there too, as far as, talking the talk and then walking the walk with his teammates and being able to be that leader who's not just the mouth, but actually the the face and the voice and the example that he sets for everybody else on that defensive line. And so it feels like you're in a pretty good spot for those young guys to have like that rookie and veteran pairing of of Billings and, and Dexter and then Pickens and Justin Jones. Justin Jones said that Pickens reminds him of himself a little bit coming into the NFL, and he, he gave a pretty favorable big-name comp for Jervon Dexter as well. He, just, he compared him a little bit, to he said like a a smaller, a little bit lighter um, Linval Joseph, the nose tackle who had been with the Giants and the Vikings, and I actually, off the top of my head, can't think of what team he's actually still on right now as I Google it and talk at the same time. He remains currently a free agent, actually, as we say this, and this past season he was with the Philadelphia Eagles as a part of the rotation on that, like he, he came like late in the season and then rode with them throughout the playoffs, but then got hurt. No, and then he was part of the play that injured Brock Purdy, but he was a part of the, the Eagles Super Bowl run this past season, but still kind of a mercenary free agent, but a really, really effective nose tackle with a little bit of pass rushing upside who moves really, really well for a big man that size. So you can see some of the physical comparisons, even if, as Justin Jones said too, like not trying to get too ahead of ourselves here still has a long way to go, but physically reminds me of you know, having some of the same type of tools that a Linval Joseph could have. So some high expectations and some some high praise and some high quality leadership, it feels like, for these defensive tackles to be learning from a veteran ahead of them on the defensive line that is clearly, you know, doing the on-field leadership work and now using his mouth and his voice to do some of the off-field leadership and not being afraid to take on the Green Bay Packers head-on, especially in a season when the Green Bay Packers should be worse Then we're used to seeing them, and the Bears are in as good of a spot as ever to start putting some more Ws in that head-to-head rivalry column against the Green Bay Packers. It's going to take these defensive linemen stepping up and playing better than we've seen them play up to this point, and maybe some unfamiliar faces or some unexpected faces stepping up and playing better is what the Bears may end up needing to fill out this pass rush. And there's one name in particular that's not a household name, not a guy you may have paid much attention to or even heard of at this point in the process, but made some flash plays at minicamp and could be playing himself into a bigger role in this defensive end rotation. We'll learn a little bit more about his background and familiarity with one key leader on this Bears defense next on Locked on Bears. All the talk about this fairly weak defensive end position for the Bears this offseason and the need to sign another free agent or bring in some sort of player to add some talent there. Like, all the focus has been on kind of the big four, right? The two free agents, Demarcus Walker and Rasheem Green, and then the two young guys returning from previous seasons, Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson. Like, those guys are kind of the big four at the top, the guys that are really locked into a 53-man roster spot. And we've kind of written off, I don't want to say written off, but, you know, I think appropriately, everybody else on paper looks more like training camp Body type with practice squad upside, and maybe they can be the training camp hero who emerges as a guy that you just can't leave off the fifty-three man roster. But that's more wishful thinking than something you actually expect from those guys. But we certainly have our early candidate for guy you didn't hear, you've never heard of until we get to training camp, and then all of a sudden takes off and makes ends up being more of a surprise addition to the fifty-three man roster. That's Terrell Lewis, the defense event who was signed actually late last season. He was added to the bears practice squad in December after being waived by the Los Angeles Rams. I think he got activated right before the last game of the season, but then ended up not being like he he was added to the 53 men roster from the practice squad, but then was inactive for the actual game and didn't end up getting on the field for that game. But he was here a little bit last season brought back for this season and Reports out of minicamp was he made some nice plays at the end there, getting some pass rushing flashes in there against this offensive line and Justin Fields. I will heavily caution and asterisk this by noting that this is mandatory minicamp. This is offensive and defensive linemen not wearing pads. And even Matt Eberflus was saying, like, yeah, it's it's not a really a great reflection of those guys in particular, because you know, so often you're blocking the pads, as much as you're blocking the rest of their body, the pads adds more surface area for an offensive lineman to get his hands on. And generally then defensive linemen have a little bit more of an advantage in these kinds of situations when they're not pads. And and of course, like one mini camp practice in June is not going to put Terrell Lewis on the bears 53 man roster. But when you add in some of his backstory, some of the potential he brings and some of, you know, his story, like just his story and his history in college, in the NFL, You can start to paint together a narrative here as to why he could continue to flash and continue to play well at training camp and then find his way onto this Bears 53-man roster. You might not know, Terrell Lewis was a third-round pick in 2020 by the Los Angeles Rams. Spent the last three seasons there before they finally waived him. Wasn't, never, certainly never lived up to his draft billing as a third-round pick. He had two sacks as a rookie. Three in his second season, and then this past year he just had one sack in eleven games, including what went down his three starts, but was mostly just kind of a rotational player for them. Also had an interception and played more of the outside linebacker role for the Rams, where they you know they dropped him in coverage a decent amount, and that doesn't seem like the ideal setup for him. You know he's much more of I think a north south downhill pass rushing type edge guy. I mean he he has enough speed. He's an athletic freak for sure. That that was able to drop back in coverage and do some nice things, but like, I don't think that's really maximizing his skill set or putting him in the best position to be productive. I think the biggest reason he hasn't been productive though has just been injury based. A little bit injury based, a little bit of you know playing on a pretty good defensive line in, in with the with the Rams and being behind some really talented players ahead of them. But the injury issues date back to college. I think in and, and the key here went to college at Alabama, and given. If it was four years ago that he was in college, he was actually briefly college teammates with Eddie Jackson. And Eddie Jackson talked about remembering him from college and having a good connection with him from college. So he certainly has some connections within the Chicago Bears that, that give him, I think, a slight edge over some of the other players trying to compete for 53-man roster spots. But in college, he had a torn ligament and missed most of his sophomore season. Then right before his junior season, he tore his ACL and then only ended up really playing for a full season his technically his senior year, his redshirt junior year and had, you know, six sacks and some hurries and some tackles for losses, a pretty decent senior season enough to become a third round pick as a result. And then, you know, goes to the Rams in that third round. And then early on, like his first season was the COVID year and he had COVID and missed some time with COVID. It was on the non-football injury list to start that season and then ended up kind of getting some playing time here and there. And then his second season, he battled a couple injuries on and off his third season again, missed a handful of games due to injury. Like he has not been able to stay consistently healthy, but he feels like a guy who has all the physical upside in the world that you feel like has some untapped potential if he could stay healthy. He's already flashing some of those things at minicamp, and he has an opportunity in Chicago where the defensive end depth chart ahead of him is wide open and that sometimes the right opportunity can make all the difference in the world in terms of like, getting more reps at practice against a higher quality of opponent. You know, when he's, in, when he's in L.A. and he's behind, you know, the likes of Leonard Floyd on that edge rusher depth chart, and then Samson Ebukam and Agbanya Okonkoro and, and a number of different guys in that team that were just taking snaps away from him. Even, you know, on the interior defensive line there, you know, like Michael Brockers and, and Aaron Donald, like some of these guys are not leaving a lot of rotational snaps for other players up front there. You come to Chicago, you start to make a few good plays here. You get more playing time, you build some confidence, you make some more plays, and all of a sudden you really sort of find your footing as an NFL player. And I also think it'll just be a better scheme fit, not asking him to have to think about dropping back into coverage, but just focusing on pass rush and run defense and not have to add that like third thing on this play. You know, do I have to think about am I dropping back into coverage? Am I disguising on a blitz? What are my responsibilities going to be? Like he could focus just more on being that pass rusher and trying to get back to some of the things that he did so well at Alabama. That's not to say that, you know, I don't think he's going to come in and be a surprise starter by any means, but it's certainly a possibility to rotate in some snaps there. I don't think he's going to be the solution to the Chicago Bears' pass rushing problems. And generally, I mean, if I had to bet money, I still don't think he makes the 53-man roster. Like, I mean, it's, again, one mini camp practice we're not going to overreact to at this point. And maybe it was just a quick flash in the pan. But it was enough that it's a key position and a player with enough intrigue that I think it's worth keeping some early tabs on it and say, okay, we've got some early evidence of, of Terrell Lewis. Or what happens then You know, at training camp? If it happens a second time and a third time, we start to build up this track record of like, this guy keeps playing well. So it's important to kind of take notice of anybody that's stepping up at that position and keeping our eyes on monitoring it throughout the rest of this process. Still think it's likely that the Bears bring in some kind of additional free agent veteran or trade target at the pass rusher position. They might wait until training camp and just see how all these guys do when they get there because these free agents will remain available until training camp because some of these free agents don't want to come to mandatory minicamp, but will be happy to show up to training camp if you offer them a big contract and the Bears still sitting there with the most cap space in the NFL. Whatever the Chicago Bears decide to do at defensive end, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today and every day. We're in off-season mode right now, so we're not going to be five days a week through the rest of June and then into July. Once we get a little closer to training camp, we'll start ramping things back up. But you know we're always going to have a podcast for you here whenever there's something Big important breaking around your Chicago Bears. Or whenever a player goes into a press conference and starts talking smack against Green Bay Packers fans, you know we're going to be right here for you, breaking it all down in your podcast feed on YouTube, shooting for at least three days a week. Usually, for sure, going to be a Monday podcast every week. And then, you know, right now I'm looking at like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but some days, some weeks it might be a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or a Monday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, we'll, we'll fiddle around a little bit with the composition there, but we're not going to be gone for long. You might miss a day or two here or there, but all that means is it's more important to tune in every day that there is a Locked on Bears podcast because you always got to find your next opportunity to bear down.